Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. We're rolling. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this next episode of Father Knows Something. Tonight, we, uh, I know you've all been, you, you're all waiting for the, the, uh, the return, the return, good yeah. word, of Jason. So, Dad Jason is back, back in the, uh, in the studio. Yeah. But, but I, new studio, but I'm going there. So, we are now, this is Father. Last week, we, we had to make a, uh, a remote shot from uh, Matthew's home. And today we are in the new studio from mm-hmm. THT Studios. And you know that we're not at our normal studio over the FKS because we have the, it's almost like a mugshot board. I like to hold that thing <laughs> because I feel like I just got a mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to definitely have to get an FKS sign. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, maybe. I'm going yeah. to go back to dad's, dad's fix-it shop. Yeah. And we're going to do it. It could be good. It could be something. So, um... Had a interesting um, week last week, or three weeks. We're supposed to be one week, three weeks in yeah. Minnesota. You've been in Minnesota. And uh, came home to the surprise of Jason being on the show. So welcome back. Thank you so much. You know, I'm told that it's over a year. It was Feb of 22. I so enjoyed it. And I think we had, I mean, incredible ratings. Highest ratings <laughs> ever. From Oh my God, you sound like Trump down there. No, that, that might highest be ratings. just what my son told me, but I'm going to roll with it. Took you a year to get over uh, that show. But I really enjoyed it. And we agreed to come back and do this more regularly. And I failed you. And I apologize for that. But I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, today is going to be a split. Justin's going to hop in during the second half. We kind of found stories that are just people dealing with some drama in their lives or pondering some big questions. And I'm challenging you two by the end of this and all the stories to come up with like a vibe. Or if there is hmm. no vibe, it's just organized chaos that me and Justin found. Okay. okay. So we'll Sounds see what good. you guys come up with. But let's get into this. We're here. We're, okay. we're here to serve. Let's go. Okay, up first. Hi, everyone. I, 25 female, have been dating my boyfriend, 26 male, for almost two years now. Overall, we have a very healthy relationship and agree on many major core values. Now, on to the current issue. I am ready to move in together, and he is not, slash, does not know if he can go against his parents. In February of 2023, he began his career position, meaning he was getting secure paychecks, and I supported him in the process of getting there. A few weeks after, I brought up us moving in together, as in let's look at our timelines and figure out what we need to do before we start looking for an apartment or a house. At first, he said he needed time to think about it, as he was not thinking we would move in together so soon. We both currently live with our parents, and I am ready to move forward. When we revisited the conversation a few weeks later, he asked me to give him a month to talk to his parents about it. Essentially, his parents are very traditional and do not believe you should live together before marriage, whereas I have been upfront about my opposing views from the start, and I will not marry someone I do not live with. We live in a very progressive area, so it is not the norm to get married first. I'm looking for advice on how to gauge when is the right time to live together. Am I pushing him into something he isn't ready for and he will resent me? I just feel really hurt he wasn't looking at our future the same way I was. Well, you are my guest. And I would like you to go first. I will start, Jerry. I mean, I, uh, of course, all of these situations are so unique and individualized. I am one for if you're part of a family and there's well-honed family tradition, that's something to be respected. But it is 2023. 
And that feels a little outdated. It's sort of like the whole, uh, my gosh, if I'm going to propose to somebody, do I today still need to go and ask for the father of the fiancés or the to-be fiancés? Do I need to ask for permission? I mean, I just feel it's a little outdated. Here too, I think you really don't understand and know another person until you live with them. Until the toothbrushes are standing there in the holder and you see their mannerisms and the laundry's all over. And then you realize, hmm, don't want to do this for the next decade or two or three. So I, I, I would say I agree with her. I think it's time. And if he's not ready to do that, so be it. Then, then, then it's time to move on. But if she's feeling that way, I actually agree with her. I have a, I have a similar parallel feeling as well. And when a, when the fella is trying to use excuses not to go deeper into the commitment, then maybe he's just not grown up enough to go accept that. Or he just hasn't made that feeling that you're really the one yet and that you're his person. So you kind of have to weigh it all out and go with your gut feeling as well of what you're prepared to do. If you're not getting the vibe that he's on, he's on track to be with you in your person, then maybe you just need to move on. And I get the part about his parents that he wants to have, doesn't want to have a, a lot of hostility, but I don't know if that's an excuse or that's real. Well, and to remind you guys of their ages again, she's 25. He's 26. He's yeah. 26. And they've, and they've been together for two years, which is, you know, that's a decent amount of time. So I, I kind of find it concerning that a 26-year-old feels this pressure to still kind of go with what mom and dad would want versus what he might actually want. So that's kind of something in my head to keep in mind where it's like, is he going to be like that if you guys have kids and he needs to do stuff the same way his mom and dad did? And, you know, it's kind of a bigger conversation to have. When are you a, when are you an independent man rather than a, a and I hate to use sound this way, a boy that can't yeah. make the decision yeah. of, of what direction he's going to go on with the woman in his life. So I don't know. I'm getting a feeling that it's really not so much that it's really the fact his, his preparation that he's really man enough to go forward in life and make this decision and this commitment. You know, when you live with somebody, really, you really find out if you're with your friend, if you guys are getting along to do some more of the same things. And, you know, it's like with, with Taylor, I, when I say be, go, date someone that you want to have fun with go do the things you like to do right. and see if they really like to do these things he had to go on a first date i said go back go to the ice rink open it up and go play hockey with her go shoot pucks see how she likes it or go shoot hoops and see if she likes going to games really see if you guys are you know have this feeling that we're, we're it's you're really with your best friend because that person has to be your best friend. That doesn't mean that you don't want to have time to yourself and you need to have some time to develop other friendships and right, you right. have to, you have to sit Agreed. in each other's lap your whole your whole relationship. But there's certainly a thing that when you come home you and you see their car, you want your heart to go pitter-pat, that you see their car in the parking space that you get to be back with your best friend and the woman or the yeah. you know, person and the that reali you love. The reality is you've got work that takes a significant portion of your time. Mm -hmm. Another big portion of your time is right. with that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if the chemistry is not right, et cetera, I don't know how else you figure that out. I mean, something else to get married and then move in and then realize, oops, yeah, mm -hmm. we're not compatible. I think, you know, one of the strongest innate feelings we have is intuition. And I think the bottom line is you got to trust it. And so in her case, her intuition is telling her, let's get together. Let's experience this together and let's see. And I can appreciate that because you know what? If they learn some things about that and it's not going to work, it's so much easier to yeah. go different paths. One, one of the things that we do on this show is we are asked to be, to be able to talk to our kids that they can come to us and say, honey, this is what we, what we feel. Right. Let's, let's sum it up real quick. Honey, this is what I think you should do. Or here's, here's a thought for you. Yeah, honey, I actually agree with you. I would say, trust your intuition. I agree. You should spend some quality time together. And one of the ways to do that is to move in, do it, 
experience it. And if he's not ready for that, that's okay. That's okay. But then trust your intuition as to whether you want to wait or move on. I think she should get her own place. I think her saying, I'm ready to move in together, but like, it doesn't seem like he wants to, but like, I'm ready to move forward with my life. I mean, she's 25 living at home Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So get your own place. And then if he wants to come over more and maybe once you have your own spot, then he sees like, oh, maybe I could do this. But I definitely think it is important to live with your partner before getting married. And There's kind of mixed studies on this. And a lot of times there's a stat that gets thrown out that says couples that cohabitate together before marriage are more likely to get divorced. But I've actually had listeners reach out and say, yeah, but that research actually came from a church that was trying to push an agenda. Oh, really? So don't necessarily trust the research. And really, if you do see stats out there on it, do some digging. But we do have a little bit more info on this one where our writer says, I love my boyfriend, but he is very coddled by his parents. Mm -hmm. They do a lot for him, which is partially why I do not feel he wants to move out. Yeah. So So. part of what came to mind for me is the helicopter parent Mm -hmm. scenario. My laundry is washed. My bed is made. The laundry is folded, put back in the drawer. Uh, maybe even when we have steak tonight, it's already been cut up into pieces. And, <laughs> you know, and maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he uh, rather enjoys that. Well, then he'll be doing that without her. <laughs> yeah. He'll be they in, might. The base, and, in the basement and, forever. And Morgan, yeah, they might get to that point. And Morgan, your thought that if you're ready to move out, you can move out on your own and see what you think and yeah, go I mean, on with your life. That's a great step. Yeah. If you can afford it, otherwise, like maybe live with one of your girlfriends. You're you're in your twenties. Like you're at such a fun point in your life that Yes. If he's not the one, you know, it's okay. And either, then you e- either way you move yeah, out and you got your space, your freedom, you're you're adulting, you're doing and, your thing. And you might find out you don't need him to move out. You've moved out on your own and he's yeah. he's not the he's not your magical man. No. Moving along. Okay. Oh, 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 all right. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, this next one. Hello to the whole cast. I listen to you guys every week and often play them as I work from home. My partner has listened to you guys as well and thought it would be a good idea to get your guys' input. My husband, 26, and I, 23, have been together for eight years and have been married for almost one. We are very happy, but the only issue is my mother-in-law. When we were dating, she would often make my partner cancel plans on me because she had different ones and had to have him there. During this time, he would often hide presents from his mom that he would get for me because she would get jealous. This was ongoing until I gave him an ultimatum and told him I would end the relationship if he kept canceling our plans the day before and didn't make time for us just because his mother said so. Hmm. Things got a lot better until my partner and I decided to take the next step. When we announced that we were engaged, his mother didn't say a single word and her smile actually disappeared and didn't say anything until I was leaving when she congratulated us. Then, when we decided to move in together while we were engaged, she broke down crying and ran and started screaming at my partner, saying that she never thought he would do this to her, and she didn't understand because they were, quote, always united. Hmm. My partner was actually very confused by this as well, as he has never felt that he had a communication or trusting relationship with his mother. Now to the present. I do not often go over to his mom's house because I feel very unwelcome. My brother-in-law has told me that she says things such as that I have changed her son and that my husband only wants to be with his new family now. My husband has also told me that she says that she is not comfortable when I am there and stays locked up in her room. My relationship has always been super confusing because she has told my mom that I am like the daughter that she's never had, but then turns around and completely acts different. I do admit my husband and I do spend more time with my family, 
but that is just because we both enjoy our time when we are around them. I always tell my husband that he can go out on his own to his mom's house, but he chooses not to very often. When my husband does not go over on the weekends, he lies to his mom that he got scheduled to work so he won't hurt her feelings. The line has been going on for months and I'm telling him it's not healthy. I know that if she were to find out that he's lying, she would only blame me as the reason why he is not going over there. What do I do? Well, I mean, it all seems normal to me so far. I, <laughs> I, wait, I'm waiting for the punchline. I mean, it, it's an obvious case of either trouble of letting go of my child and the reality of them moving on and growing up and having a different life. And I used to maybe be able to control all the elements and the schedule and what we do or don't do. And that's slipping away. And I feel like there's a, there's a visceral reaction to what's taking place here, but Mm -hmm. it's time not to lie about working, et cetera. It's time to draw some lines and say, look, I love you. If in fact he does, I love you. I love my family. Um, I'm going to ask if you love me in return that you respect that I too now need to build my life and move forward. Mm-hmm. This is all on the mom. I mean, this whole dysfunction is something that she's carrying and he's trying to deal with it. My answer is they need some counseling. They need to go step in where somebody that she will not blow up at. If he goes to her and says it wrong, there's going to be more. I don't know if the mother has the ability. He can try it. I don't know how they'll succeed to, no, have, to, no. to have this conversation, but I would certainly say that, you know, go to a counselor. So somebody that is remote to both of them who has experience can go to her and say, maybe you should be able to see this and recognize this. But, you know, your son is now an adult man. He's got a life with a woman. You're supposed to kind of be involved by watching and enjoying what they're doing. But let them do their life. I mean, I'm sure you, when you got married, I don't know if if your mother-in-law was controlling what was going on in your life and you're duplicating this, but if not, realize that you created your life with your husband. Now it's your son's turn to do the same. Or if that's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, I mean, go on an extended work trip several thousand miles away and don't return. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, either way, it solves the problem. There's, There's a lot of red flags here, though. I think the fact, you know, again, he's 26. Like, they've been together for eight years, you know, a big part of both of their lives. And the fact that she is still acting like this, it shows that the son has never established healthy boundaries. And it's kind of concerning that, you know, she is then getting these opportunities to spend time with them and she locks herself in her room. So it's just like- she that That's called pouting. It, it's pouting. It's, and, it's no. manipulation. Well, it's totally, all doing totally. all the unhealthy things that go on in, with a parent in a child's life that you don't want to do. No, and the reality is- you know, their life is going to continue to develop and they might choose to have kids. And you're already putting yourself in a box of you're straining the relationship between you, your son and your daughter-in-law. And if kids become a part of that picture, you're not someone they want to be around as it is. So do you think you're going to have a great relationship with your grandkids if they, you know, pop up down the road? You're shooting yourself in the foot. So imagine this complication. Um, Grandma, is actually an awesome grandma and loads the kids up with toys and trips and this and that. And we always want to go to grandma's and then grandma ends up using that as a pawn situation. Yeah. It could get worse. You know, obviously like all of these stories, we're on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll never know the fine details and we're hearing one side of it. It'd be great to hear both in all cases, but with the benefit of what we have, I, uh, Jerry, I agree with you. I think it stems from one place and, if that conversation can't be had, I, I don't know what the other angle is, but it's time for mom, I think, to grow up a bit and to demonstrate she truly loves her son and the decisions he's going to make. I've, I, have, I have had very close friends. Uh, one comes to mind is, is like a, a woman that's almost like a sister to me. Mm-hmm. You know who she is. And she married a guy that had this relationship. And unfortunately, it was 10 years later, she said, I cannot 
be married to this woman because forget my husband. This woman is in my is every aspect of our life and what, yeah. what we do. And she goes, I'm just not into this anymore. Yeah, and she married a guy who had not cut the umbilical cord from his mom still. And so it wasn't just their relationship. It was the relationship between her, her husband, and his mom. And so that's was, hard. You you want a partner. You don't want a partner plus his mom in the sidecar. That's right. So I really suggest get some assistance. If you can't do it, with, if, if you can't break it, get him to break it off and handle this, then... You're going to have to give them the ultimatum that uh, you're going to have to get your mom and you some family counseling. I think family counseling would be great. I think anytime there's an ideal, like not ideal relationships, it's, it mm-hmm. helps better communication, better mm-hmm. boundary setting. Um, ideal outcome for this one, I would love for everyone to have a healthy relationship with boundaries. I do not want to go no contact with my mother-in-law as I know my husband loves his mom so much and I wouldn't want him to stop talking to his mom. Mm-hmm. Although I do not want the issue with my mother-in-law to get in the middle of our marriage, which the only way she's going to get in the middle is if your husband lets her. And I'm sorry, him lying. It's time for him to grow up. Like you need to be able to tell your mom, hey, mom, I'm busy this weekend. You know, we're just not popping by. You said something very important. It's one word, growth. Mm -hmm. All we're asking for is growth. If you go for counseling and, and she's able to grow, your guys are able to grow in, in, in a positive way, you will succeed. Yeah. Growth. It's, you know, we're human. That path of least resistance, that's the tough one because that's the easier path to take, obviously. And so clearly um, he probably loves his mother, et cetera, but there's complication there to the extent that he feels the need to lie because mm-hmm. the alternative is a difficult conversation that he doesn't want to have. He's lying because of because he loves his mother. Yeah. He's trying not to hurt her. That's right. But and the, the lying is going to hurt more when she worse. finds out. That's right. And, and yeah. I actually appreciate his partner's perspective here. He doesn't want to cut out the the mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, he understand, She understands that her son loves his mother. I, I rather appreciate her open and objective point of view. Mm-hmm. And I and I agree. I think that's right. They probably need a third party. I think it would help. Uh, other info, they're having a wedding celebration soon and she is paying for part of the entertainment. I do appreciate this, but it makes me feel as if she's trying to buy my husband. His mom has always told them that they owe her for raising them and that they should never disrespect or upset her because she is their mother. My mother-in-law is still married, but does not like going out with her husband because she says it's not the same as going out with her son. One, don't take money from people if they make you feel uncomfortable. That's your choice. You don't have to take her money. You can still give it back. And two, the fact that she would prefer going out with her son on dates versus her husband, I think it just goes to show like there's some very unhealthy boundaries there. And there might have been a little, my favorite word, enmeshment, where she raised her son as a partner and doesn't you know, rely on her partner the way she really should. She could, relied on her could, son. Could be, but you said something really sort of arresting in there, which was, you owe me for raising you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have one child, Justin, and I don't, I've never had the thought enter my head to think, let alone say, by the way, Justin, you owe me for raising you. You don't owe me a thing. He didn't choose to be born. You're an awesome kid, (laughs) and I am so grateful in my life that you exist. Mm -hmm. And it was a decision that was out of your control. Yeah. And we raised you the best way we could because you deserved that. Yeah. So there's something funky there. I mean, that just took a turn for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Now I I think I'm quite clear that the direct conversation isn't going to be a good one. <laughs> it is not. And this might take a few third parties. But, you know, look, I, I, I again, I appreciate uh, the significant other's perspective. I appreciate her openness. But it's time for her to yeah. choose happiness. And if you're not finding it there and there are roadblocks and excuses and all these walls, don't wallow in it very long. Yeah. Most importantly, she has the power to to control what's going to happen in her life. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. Last one with me and then Justin's coming in. Hi, Jerry and crew. I'm having some frustrations with my husband lately where we make plans only for him to pull the rug out from underneath me. For example, one time we had planned to get a dog 
I had one picked out and showed it to him and asked multiple times, are we really going to do this? And his response was, whatever you want. So I emailed the person selling, telling them we were coming on Saturday to meet her slash take her home. In my heart, she was already mine, and I excitedly told everyone we were getting her. The night before we were to go get her, my husband says, quote, you know, I really don't think we should get a dog right now. It's not the right time. And so I had to cancel when I had my heart set on this puppy. Another time we were trying to plan a trip. We discussed dates and plans. I did so much research to find flights, a place to stay. I had bought items in preparation. And then again, on the day I was going to book everything, I texted him telling him I was going to do it and the same thing as before. He told me it wasn't the right time and the trip was dead in the water. This is so frustrating because I put so much time, effort, and heart into these things. I touched base with him many times throughout the process, and he's always giving no opinion other than do what I want. And then as soon as I'm about to do what I want, what he told me to do, then he suddenly has an opinion and it's to cancel everything. I have told him this frustrates me and even given him examples of when he's done it, but he insists he isn't blindsiding me and doesn't see it as a big issue because it's all canceling before anything is set in stone and it's no monetary loss when we do. How do I get him to realize this is so hurtful to me and get him to realize he does, in fact, pull the rug out? Mm. Well, I, my turn. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll, go, yeah. I'll run with the verse. <laughs> have at it. Have at it. Okay. This guy is obviously passive aggressive. He's afraid to tell you what he really feels to keep you happy. And all of a sudden, when you go and act, he says, nah, I don't want that. And all of a sudden, it's only his decision. It's not the our decision. So you're being really great by saying, honey, let's do this together. He's going to have to, his yeses are yeses, his noes are got to be no, and you got to call him on it. Mm -hmm. Because this is what your life is going to be going forward Forever. if you don't stop this if you don't stop this behavior right now you are screwed so my answer is get in the conversation and the conversation doesn't have to be a fight it could be a, a direct easy conversation where you keep your rules but you point blank say look we're going to have these discussions and not every time you're going to get what you want and every time i'm not going to get what i want but we're going to make choices and when 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 we say we're doing it we're living it yeses are yeses Knows or knows, and let's not confuse those those directions because that that screws us up. And that get that that takes our our consistency and our integrity awry. Yeah, completely agree. What do they tell us about the definition of insanity? Tell me, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome. So it sounds like these were two examples of gosh knows how many more, but oh, it sounds like there were more. I'm oh, sure there's a this lot is a way more. Up, this is a way of and life. It's tough in the midst, I think, of an actual scenario, the dog, the trip, a dinner tonight. There's always going to be a reason and an excuse, but I think there needs to be a 50,000 foot conversation, which here is, honey, if we're going to move forward, this is a very clear pattern of behavior. And- uh, boy, that makes me really tough to feel aligned with you. And let's fast forward 10 years, 20 years mm -hmm. in our life. What about buying a home? You know, what, how, how does this play out? I think, I think outside of the context of an example today or yesterday, they have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, do we sense any bitterness in her even right now with this behavior? I mean, I would be bitter personally. I would be exhausted by this because she's trying to create a life and put in all this effort and there's no effort on his end, which I think is a part of this problem. Right. I would stop being the one that's planning everything. I would say, hey, you're going to plan this with me. Involve him. You shouldn't be doing all the work on these fun things or your life. You should have a partner that's mm -hmm. contributing. Where is that bitterness going to be times 10? It's mm -hmm. going to eat you up. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a lot of resentment towards this person right. eventually if it's not there already. So, honey, look at it now. This is a clear sign that you're going to have to get both of you on the same path or. Well, and the thing is, like, I would I would say, hey, let's plan a trip weekend, little getaway. Let's plan something that's attainable. Um, she does say here in additional info when he cancels, it's never for monetary reasons. It's all some arbitrary reason, i.e. not the right time. 
Also, he is an emotional robot sometimes. So I don't believe just telling him it's frustrating me will do the trip will do the trick. So for me, I'd be like, let's plan a weekend trip, babe. Let's let's go somewhere easy for the weekend, you know, non-committal, whatever. Weekend getaway, staycation. If he does this whole bullshit of nah, you know, not the right time, go on the trip yourself. Take the, take a weekend away from him. Stop letting him ruin your fun. And you know, this is this is him. Maybe he is trying to sabotage. Maybe it is monetary and he's got a gambling problem you don't know about and he's just trying to hide it. There's an abundance of reasons that this could be, but this is also your life and you can choose your own path here a little bit more and take things into your own hands. And hey, if you find that you're doing life without a partner, what's the point of having him? You said something very clear and I, and I and it rings back in my head. Mm-hmm. Make him make the plans. Get him, there's get gotta him be invo- effort. If you get him involved in the plans, it's typically going to happen because now he's really involved. In mm-hmm. it. I, that's I, that's where my brain went to. It's yeah. like you you might be more wise than me on this one because that's the other good point in time. I don't care, honey. Whatever you'd like. That's the point to arrest it and say no, no, no. This time, where do you want to go? When do you want to go? What should mm-hmm. the trip look like? We're going to do this together. I think that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I think uh, otherwise, how exhausting is the rest of your life if you're the one putting 99% of the effort in all the time? It doesn't work. He doesn't even, it doesn't even sound like he's giving a 1%. No. Um, no. And she even says that ideal outcome here. He either stops the plans from the get go or sees them followed through rather than stop them at the 11th hour after all the effort is put in by me. It's still a one-sided affair. Mm-hmm. She's she's coming up with the concept, mm-hmm. planning it out, and whether he agrees to it or not, it's her plan, and it should be their plan. Yeah, it really should. It's not the and it's not the effort that comes to when it comes to a crash that she you know put the effort for. It's she put her heart into it. Right. She's excited about these things, and and emotionally, she's already on the trip, and this guy was off the trip from the very beginning when he said, "Honey, just go take care of it, go right, do it." Right. He he already disconnected. Mm-hmm. I think in, well, I think in his head, he knows, hey, I've gotten away with canceling last minute in the past. This isn't really going to happen. I'll put my foot down. I'll let her, I'll let her run with it. I'll let her have her fun. But you know, this isn't, it's not really going to happen. Bullshit. Yeah. It's it's, bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's brutal. And what a way for him to live too. I mean, it's not great. No. Like what? Enjoy your life. Go on the trips. Get the dog. Like do, you know, but teach their own but you have you have some things to consider my friend okay justin's turn this has been fun bye my sweetheart are we gonna you're gonna uh oh, snap yes uh, abra cadabra first of all i want to say it's so good to be back in the chair with you i have missed you i've been gone for three weeks i, I was did, working on this i you did a great job this is fantastic and just so you know i missed you i missed you too so I'm glad we're. I'm glad the gang is together. Yes, this is fantastic. Okay, we're continuing. I'm waiting for you. All right. Hi, Jerry. Hope all is well. We're well. <laughs> you well? I think so. I'm uh, well. So far. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to help me with some advice. My 25 female brother, 21 male, has a problem with weed, and he has no idea what to do with his life. For context, we are a South American family who immigrated to Florida when I was three. My brother has smoked weed for at least five years now. The last two years, he has been smoking all day, every day. I am the first one to advocate for legalization, but I don't think that consuming this much is normal. Especially since it affects the relationships with those around him. He is isolated. He has anxiety. I think he may be depressed. He is incapable of studying. I know he knows that he should stop, or at least stop for a few years, and then if he really must, treat it like a beer, just have some every once in a while. Our parents have bought him airplane tickets to celebrate our birthday together in Madrid, which is where I live now. He will be staying two months, and my parents have spent too much money on this because they have the hope that maybe this trip will help him see that there is more to life than weed, Uber Eats, and music. They have presented to him the idea of possibly missing his return flight and just staying in Madrid to study something, anything, something short like six months, which is definitely a possibility here if you know where to look. 
My brother finds something wrong with every idea and every suggestion we have. Not long ago, he told me that he wanted to be a door-to-door salesman for solar panels because he would earn very good money working less than 30 hours a week. He paints it to be just so simple, but it's really not that simple. He told me that he feels stuck, but he doesn't want to make any sacrifices whatsoever. He doesn't want to sacrifice time or money or effort or have roommates. I love my brother more than anything, but I don't know how to help. Ideal outcome, I would like him to significantly reduce his weed consumption to at most once a week. And I would also like him to be able to take care of himself. Mm. You want to run with it? Why don't you make the first shot at this one? Okay. He is in the state of being anesthetized and needing to anesthetize his life. He's not living. He's existing. And the pot is is giving him that, that existence. I was with somebody that their son was consistently high. That's the only thing he lived for. Now, it was frustrating. As much as we tried to, you know, have a conversation and we were, I was not his parent. I was simply somebody that was in his mother's life. So it was without having consistency of of two people seeing eye to eye to, to try to work through the issue, it was not going to happen. Now, I'm no longer in their life. And what happens, apparently maybe he went off to school. He got away from his mother. Eventually, some of these, in some cases, the person grows and finds somebody else in their life that says, hey, I want you in my life, but this isn't going to work for me. And they find so much attraction out of the person that they're willing to live now and in, in more than exist, live and experience life with that person. But there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And until you get that problem unmasked, if it's via him getting help and even wanting help, some people feel that they don't want help. It's weakness. And they don't want to open up to that person or allow somebody in who can possibly show them some other thoughts and maybe help them get rid of that frustration or that whatever's going on in their life to, to allow them to, to blossom. Yeah. And I don't know if I know all the answers for this person because it's a tough one because you, you got to have that person participate to do it and want it and see it rather than just, uh, camouflage it and simply anesthetize themselves. Uh, yeah, the cr- crux being that obviously it's gotten so complex. This is a numbing mechanism, so it yeah. could be it could be weed, it could be alcohol, it could be something else. But something is so overwhelming mm-hmm. with a lack of trusted relationships with anybody in the immediate circle mm-hmm. to say, "I need help." I need you to help me think through this. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's got to be a, I mean, I think that's the definition of paralysis right there. Mm-hmm. Where do you turn? Where do you go? And if, and if he's in that situation, now what's interesting is the care of the sister in this scenario. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their relationship is like. And I, I guess I didn't pick up to the fullest extent in the letter to what degree she's tried to maybe crack that exterior to say, hey, it's me, I'm here, I love you, uh, I, I want to help you. If she's tried it, obviously that's not working. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 what I would say to your response is I agree. And I'm still a little perplexed then on, on if not the sister, what and how does someone or something get introduced to open to his mind to that next chapter? I, I have a thought. And I really think that if you are able to find, look, going off to, to Madrid is one thing. He'll get pot in Madrid. Exactly. I don't think there. I don't think that you know pot doesn't exist in every part of this world and other things. And the fear of what people are mixing in in pot between yeah. fentanyl and right. now the the uh, the zombie drug. There's all kinds of stuff going into the this stuff that we should all be you know wondering about. But if we find something that he can jump into the relate, and I always thought that when I was living this with this person in my life, I wanted him to get to, you know, and and maybe it was just because I I had nowhere else to go with him, get a job, go out and experience Mm -hmm. things that are positive, that if you get positive, something that you really can connect with, you'll find that passion into it. And that's really where it begins. You know, when I was having issues, you know, Matthew was young and he was growing up. 
uh, I, he somehow with Amy, he met Amy in high school. He got into um, the um, club at school. Morgan, help me. What was it called? DECA. He got into mm, DECA. Mm-hmm, sure. And DECA brought a whole new excitement to Matthew, exercising his mind with marketing. He's got a passion for marketing. He never gave it up. He has it today. Mm-hmm. And knows what to do with it. And it, it helped develop him. So my answer is that if he comes in, maybe it might be something with art. If he goes to Madrid and he finds an artist of a different kind of, something that will help him develop a new passion. Right. The passion of, of getting high will go away because he, he won't want to miss the experience and he won't want to be anesthetized through it. But there's going to be something that's going to have to force him to go throw him into the soup to do it. You, know, you throw somebody on an island, they have to learn to survive and you give them a spear. Trust me, they're not going to starve. They're not going to get high every right. day because there is no pot unless you want to go you know, smoke a palm leaf. But basically, he's going to be spearing fish to survive. And that, some of these, I mean, there's even survival things out there for you know for the parents and their kids into these survival courses where they learn how to work as a team to survive. And there's nothing else there. There is no uh, substance abuse because the substance is, is clean before you even get there. Right, right. So Yeah, it's... Interesting. I've had friends on both sides of this where I think a lot due to COVID too has a big influence in people kind of sheltering in place and not opening back up and getting back out there. In this one, it seems like the weed is a very prevalent cause, but I've also had friends that never changed their weed consumption, Mm -hmm. but then got remotivated, got off their ass got off the games and all this time wasting stuff and refocused and are doing, you know, very well now, very successful. I don't see pot being the cause. I see pot being the, 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 the anesthesia. Yeah. Something else is the cause. Right. It contributes. But I think this Madrid idea is probably the best idea possible right now, Mm -hmm. because I see the biggest difference is changing his, environment, changing his routine, getting him out of this day-to-day cycle. And as soon as you can start to break that, which this is a perfect way to do it, it might start, because it has to come from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you you can't force someone to, to change their life and get motivated and want to go to school, get a job or do any of this mm-hmm. stuff, all you can do is try and mix up their situation, which this is a great way to do it. I agree. Yeah, I agree too. And I agree. It, you know, I, I'm even intrigued by the idea of letting go the return ticket. I think more permanence in a completely different scenario and environment is exactly what he needs. Well, and even his relationship with weed may continue, but I would I bet it would evolve in a different place. Mm-hmm. I think it's just stuck in going through the motions. And if you change that Well, I think we all agree nothing's gonna change if we keep it status quo. Right. So you got to change the status quo. Yeah. Okay. Onward. I'd move your mic down just a little so people can actually see your face. It's like here's a mask. The fa- here's the face. <laughs> We're not going to be able to get a thumbnail. The thumbnail is going to be like this. We'll do this one. This Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Like this? We're champions! <laughs> nice. All right. Last story. Hope they don't use that. <laughs> Who knows what they'll do? I, 23 female, feel hurt that my boyfriend, 23 male, of 12 months, doesn't buy me flowers, gifts, pay for food. Okay, before I sound awful, I want to give a disclaimer about my expectations and character. I don't expect my partner to constantly spend money on me, shower me with gifts, and pay for every meal when we go out. I just simply feel as though it would be nice if he did sometimes. One of my love languages is acts of service slash gifts. For me, they overlap because it's the act of choosing the gift, no matter what it is, that makes me feel loved. He could literally pick a daisy from the front lawn and give it to me, and that would be enough. Also, I express my love this way, and I feel like he appreciates it quite a bit. Like if I'm getting something or making food, coffee, I will always make him one, but I don't expect anything in return. I often buy him little things to show him I have thought about him, And he does a lot for me, cares for me with the most pure, loving empathy. And he has bought me things, flowers, etc., but only on birthdays, Christmas, Valentine's Day. But I so appreciate those. Oh, I really don't want to sound ungrateful because I appreciate him so much. 
However, it would be nice to sometimes receive a small bunch of flowers every now and again, or go on a date and he pays. I don't know. I think the issue is he hasn't had a relationship longer than six months and he hasn't formed a habit of this slash this isn't natural for him, or maybe this isn't his love language, but I'm not sure if I should bring it up. Hmm. So am I being made to understand that she pays for all the dates? Maybe. Well, I'm just It's curious. not explicitly said. I mean, if she had said blatantly, I pay for everything and that's an issue, then that's one thing. We so, don't know their financial situations. It's more a situation of, I would like these little gifts here and there to show the thought, you know, to show the care. I, it's not a monetary I, thing. I, 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 here's, here's what I feel. I, I do know that it's always wonderful to give and replenish the sugar pile and to have the desire to replenish that sugar pile and keep it, you know, above water. That's important. And it's, but it's also, you got to make sure that he understands you, it's not an expectation. When you get, get into a relationship where I expect this, or I want this, all of a sudden you're putting this pressure that the person says, wow. And they back up. Now I'm a very giving individual. Some relationships I have been in, I have doused flowers every day. And some relationships, I doused no flowers. And maybe once, twice, three times a year, because I realized it. whatever these other relationships I've had, they've affected me in the outcome of those relationships. So I have my own fucked up wires, if you want to say it that way. But that doesn't mean that you that you don't want to give of your heart in that relationship. Now, if he's giving of his heart and he's consistent by doing things that are sweet, that's replenishing that pile, she may have to say, this is the way he does it. If he's not reaching her love language to what she wants, it might be just the wrong person if he can't do it comfortably. But you can have the conversation with him and say, look, I understand this really is not the way you work or the, the but I want you to know that it, it it's something that works for me. And if, if, if you want to really make my day, whenever you want to do it, if you, if, if you see it, don't be afraid to do it because I love it. And maybe that will help him understand that it's something that she'll really appreciate. And even though he might look at it and say, this, you know, this isn't that important. Mm-hmm he'll realize that picking the daisy from the, from as he walks down the grass, the the grass knoll, that that would make her day. He will actually bend over, pick up that daisy and say, baby, I really love you and hand it to her. That might just simply say that, that to me fills my sugar pile and makes me fulfilled. If he can't get that again, maybe it's just not the right guy. Right. You're right. It, it could have been a dandelion in that instance. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it was. It was the fact that I thought of you. That is correct. I love your analogy of the sugar pile. And, you know, the love language thing is interesting. I, I had, we had an executive at work one time buy the love language book for a bunch of the leaders. And the complexity here is that the type of sugar pile I'm looking for versus you or Justin or Morgan or anybody else it depends on the love language. We could be getting coffee every day. And if that's not aligning with the love language, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter a hill of beans. Nice gesture. Awesome. But I feel like what's being struggled with here is we're good on birthday. We're good on anniversary. We're good on Christmas. But that's the quote unquote obligatory, obligatory times. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're getting me a gift then. But I want that thought. I want that daisy or dandelion, whatever it is on the off day, just because I know you're thinking of me, but it still has to align with her love language. And I'm not sure they've had that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's important. And and the worst thing in the world is to be uh, emotionally bankrupt or sugar Mm -hmm. pile bankrupt. When they start, they're dishing it out and they're dishing it out and you're not dishing it back. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, they can only produce so much sugar to keep keep that relationship going. So, He's got to understand, and maybe you should play this 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 to him, that he understands that it's a two-way, you both must take the sugar 
and get it, create it, fill the pile, because that's what's going to nurture your relationship and make it sweet. Yeah, right on. Something <laughs> that was nice. You like that? Yeah. Something though about this. Uh oh. When you get into a long-term relationship for your first time, mm -hmm. you can just lose sense of this kind of thing. Sure. Especially as a guy. I mean, from my experience, you can lose sense. You kind of get used to having your person. You kind of get used to the way things are mm -hmm. and you forget about that, you know, the sugar pile a little mm -hmm. bit. Don't f that's the message. Don't forget about the sugar pile. And so- Yes, as much as it's great to have your love languages match, they don't have to, and you can be successful in one if they don't. But you should have enough thought once in a while to fulfill that love language of your partner. And in this case, I'm not sure if I should bring it up. I think you should, because if this is their first long-term relationship, a simple nudge is all it could take sometimes. Because as a guy, I mean, I've been in the position, probably even with Morgan, where we're just going such day to day and we race home and go to sleep and wake up and it's like you're racing off to the next thing. You can lose track of little things like this. Mm -hmm. And so a small nudge from her saying, you know, it'd be great if you grab me flowers sometime soon or just something so simple that's not offensive. Like, oh, I expect you to do this or I'm mm -hmm. gonna leave you or I've been feeling really unloved. It doesn't have to be these big things, but it's like, it would be nice to this. It would. You know, and a gentle reminder, I think, is the best first step. So I think you should bring it up, but it matters how you do it. It's I, all in the setup. I so agree. Absolutely. I'm going to throw one more curveball into you. Imagine having that life every day of getting up, going to bed, doing, functioning, forgetting about the sugar pile. Let's, mm -hmm. let's do something. Let's throw a couple of kids in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. Throw a couple of kids in the middle of that. What happens to your relationship after 15 years, 20 years? Right. right. You want a relationship with this person, never take each other for granted. Communicate, take that extra time, back up, see where you're at. Even if you have to go away for a couple of days to really realize how much that person is part of your life and you have to appreciate them. Yeah. It's, it's not always bad to let someone go away by themselves for a little bit because then they get to appreciate you when they come home. They say, oh my God, I really do miss that. And she is really wonderful. God, I see her smile and I see that love and wow. Right. And then you go, I and by you going wow, you're going to have a, something on your face that they're going to read. Right. And they're going to say, oh my God, he missed me. People right. don't get to 10, 20, 30, 40. You hear about these 75th wedding anniversaries without a lot of work, mm -hmm. a lot of investment, a lot of care. Probably a lot of tough times too. You that bet. didn't just happen. Uh, they don't get there though without the constant remembrance. And sometimes I think you're right, Justin. That little nudge, as long as it's not a brutal elbow into the into the side, you know, where you got to make it. You got to make it sweet. No, I'm yeah. No, back I'm to sugar. Sweet. But if it's yeah, if it's that, I think that's okay. Well, and if the you know, not, if it, not this. Listen, buddy. <laughs> right. That that's that's a different kind of. Sugar. But if it comes to that's that, not good. That should come later after the nudge, after continually being disregarded and you've really tried to make it apparent. Like, hey, sure. I, well, you know, this right. is something I really, really, you know, this is what I thrive on. This is what my love language is. Then over time, you could be right and it could be the hard nudge. And it's like, all right, this no, isn't no, working. It, after you've had the sweet, the sweet conversation, if they're not going to get it, that's when you, you just say, you know something, I think we just need to go our own way and let them. And as you walk away, they're going to really realize one of two things. It was meant to happen or I got to, I got to do something about this. I got to fix this. Cause that's right. Yeah. And, and it might be too late to fix it. It may not be too late to fix it, but either way you can't keep enabling the behavior. Right. And that's why I keep going back to the love language thing, because if they are innately different, my definition is different than this person, et cetera. You could be bouncing through your days. Sure, stressful work day, et cetera. But let's say on the non-stressful day, I took the day off. We went and we went shopping. Um, you can't always read the other mind. Mm -hmm. And so communication is at the core of all of this. Ongoing, constant communication. 
I may think I'm adding a spoon of sugar to that pile, and I'm actually not. I may not be taking one away, but the mountain's not growing. I just didn't know it. Right. And I, you know, I think to the point where the nudges are happening or the choke hold is happening, man, we've lost a lot of ground at that point. Oh, it's horrible. I really do think that when you're in a relationship, make sure you find something, to, and this goes for all of you, make sure you find something that you guys really enjoy to do together. Yeah. That Agreed. is your recreation, that when all this shit is going on, mm -hmm. you can look at each other and say, if it's golfing, let's go golf. If it's walking on the beach and making sandcastles, honey, I, agree. I, I got a pail and two, I got the pail and I got the two shovels and a squirt bottle. Let's go make some sandcastles. Yeah. Whatever it is, you guys have to have something yeah. that is your something that you both really love to do and that you love to do together because that well is said. that is a binder that yeah, will really hold But even you. if that's happening, this could still be an issue. And so her main concern is, I'm just so scared to make it sound like I want gifts and money spent on me all the time. Well, I, I think we covered the fact that you have to, you can still have the conversation without the expectation, but do it sweetly saying, there is a certain amount that it's important to me. And it would, it, if you want to bring me joy, if you wish to bring me joy, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes something that that I can really, yeah. Here's what joy looks like. But the, the, if the communication isn't happening, it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So you have to communicate it. Yeah. You're you're in the uh, the butterfly phases, honeymoon phases, dwindling. Well, that's so right. interesting too. I think I heard you say this is the six months is the longest relationship. I would put up my hand and say, my gosh, I think the first year in any of those ought to be smooth as silk. And the yeah. easiest part, I would have expected more of this when we're five years in and 10 years in. So, so we've got some growing up to do. They're 23, right? Yes. So age and wisdom will bring a lot to this, but that's part of what they're struggling with. And another simple nudge, I'm getting messages from our producer across the room yes. is, um, a good thing for couples to do is you can take a love language quiz together. You can. And that might just put it out in the open. And, you know, it's another like put the carrot on the, the stick kind of thing. Like here, here's kind of bring it up without bringing it up. That's certainly a, it's certainly a soft way of playing the game to get, to get the message through it. I recommend it. Grab that book. I forget the author in this moment. Grab the book. To, all, to all of you, I hope your sugar piles grow high. Yes. And I as well. What are we feeling is kind of the theme of this episode? What do we call this one? You got me. At the <laughs> I, I, I think it, for me, if I were to figure out what thread was running through this tapestry, it's the lack of alignment. There's a lack of alignment on certain beliefs about how life should go. Maybe how I was raised or what my fundamental beliefs are, or what my love languages are as compared with my companion yeah I, I got one too we're gonna call this the uh the momsy what is momsy everyone has a has a has a certain name for their grandmother they all have their goofy grandparent name my grandmother was momsy and i was 25 years old and she said to me and she was at that time close to 90 she said all i would let you know is i don't care who you marry what you marry i don't carry race i don't carry background i don't carry care about color i don't i i want you only to have one thing make sure whoever you're with you have a meeting of the minds and that's what i see this as you gotta have meeting of the minds with your partner yeah and if you have meeting of the minds, I think there's a good chance you're going to be okay. You'll be successful. It's a great rudiment to start with. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more to go, but at least have meeting of the minds and that comes I think, with all of it. I think that's great. You know, the other thing too, and I think we've hit on this on the previous show, the stages of life are interesting. Mm -hmm. We've talked about 23-year-olds, 27, 26. And the fact of the matter is the only thing you and I have on them is, yours. is age and wisdom. 
and you change and you grow and you grow based upon your experiences. Mm -hmm. So the dreams that are in place at 23 compared to 28 to 35 to 45, let alone, like you say, the introduction of kids, life stages change and we grow. And therefore we have to keep communicating because our definitions of what it needs to look like for happiness will change. And don't let other people stunt our growth. That is one of the most important things. I mean, we, we had a story about a mom who really was trying to disable the growth of the son. Right, right. Don't let anyone stifle your growth. you got to grow or you will not get there. You both have to grow. And you have to grow together. Okay. Important. So there that, we have it. That's well our said. story. Uh, I really want to thank you for coming on. And thanks for having me again. So we love you all. Thanks for chiming in this week. We'll see you again next week. We're we're going to make sure we do it. I know we. You have a lot of traveling coming up in in, in your More future. We. Uh, I'm going to be leaving also the country mm. in a couple of weeks. So we got to make sure we get we prepare for that. I'll be gone for a week. And yep. so uh, see you next week. Be here. Be square. <laughs>